Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. I'm your coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and I'm here to share all my ups, downs, and all-arounds of being a mom to my gorgeous Adia, owning a fitness business called Define London, and truly managing being a unsingle single mom as we cheer on my husband and his amazing business in Uganda. Oh, yes. Oh, oh. Is this a mic check? You heard that right. Uganda, and he is not doing the daily commute. So each week, I will be joined by a fellow inspiring, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We all need to take a deep breath together. We try, we navigate, and not be too hard on ourselves. I get it. I am human, and failures simply happen. I am not shiny, and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am, at its best and worst, busy mumsy. Hi friends, Ashley here, and it's time for a busy dadsy chat today. That's right, I have Jim Sabellico rolling up his dadsy sleeves, and we are diving deep into discussing fatherhood and all the pressures he feels supporting his family the best he can while growing his marketing business. Now let's dive on into the busy dadsy chat. Before we get started with this week's show, I want to welcome and give some love to a fab Busy Mumsy sponsor, the new free sustainability app, Nudge. We are all transitioning with the kids to that back to school vibe. So we are all taking on a different routine. So why not make the family routine about sustainability using an easy, quick and assisted app that can have the entire family involved and accountable. The new free app that empowers you and your family to live a more inspired, more sustainable in the long term, one small nudge at a time. Oh, I get it. I know what you're thinking. Ashley, are you out of your mind? I'm too busy. Well, my friends, you won't be busy if this world combusts. Our work needs to start now. Alrighty. I want you to pick up your phone, go to the app store, search for nudge. That's N-U-D-J if you need a little extra nudge with the spelling. You are going to download it. Take it in. Oh, wow. Challenges. Find a friend. How to track. There is so much to learn. And trust me when I say knowledge is power. Now, before we get all caught up in the fabulousness of the new sustainable app Nudge, let's dive into this week's Busy Mumsy Chat. Jim Sabellico, welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast. Thank you. It is an honor to be here. I'm excited to be your esteemed guest. Get revved up. We are ready to go. And for the listeners, I am on Jim's time. So I am definitely well past my bedtime doing this busy mumsy chat. (laughs) (laughs) It is what, 4 p.m. where you are? Long Island, New York, right, Jim? Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful day still. So you let me know how the rest of the day turns out. You've already experienced it. Yeah, uh, no. If you have any spoilers, no. don't tell me. No, it, it, it was fine. I mean, we're, we are transitioning school back to school, and this basically means that it is dark, gloomy, raining now in London. Shocker. Yeah, you'll have that. That's, yeah, uh, you, yeah, you will have that. So you've got two kids. <laughs> are they now back to school? They're not back to school yet. They actually go back uh, in about two weeks. So we are uh, we're just enjoying the last bits of of our time together and our summer vacations and travels and all that fun stuff. Oh, that is good yeah. stuff. Well, two kids. How old are they? Uh, my son Joseph is eight. My daughter Marielle is five. Amazing. So 
we're, you know, winding down to get them all stoked about the whole back to school vibe, which is always exciting. I find that having someone reach out and say, I want to come on to the Busy Mumsy podcast and have a chat and it be the dad quite exciting. And to be honest, you are the first. You are the first to do it. So, awesome. I mean, yeah, awesome. I, I, I'm i feeling the vibes and the excitement. <laughs> yeah. But I think, though, a, a conversation needs to be had. And I want to have that conversation with you about being a dad and what comes with it. Because for a woman and being the mom and the busy mumsy, if you will, I mean, Guilt is always that first thing that comes to mind for a mom. It's like, oh, I have mom guilt or I didn't do this. So now I feel bad. And it's like, you know, self-torment and self-breakdown. As a dad, as a father to two kids that are now living their best lives as a five-year-old and an eight-year-old, as your time as a parent, have you, do you ever feel that dad guilt? Hmm. Tough question. The answer is yes, of course. Um, I think the deeper answer to that is like, I think all of us go through these feelings of trying to balance personal time, right? Cause you want to have your own personal time. Otherwise you go crazy. Um, you want to have relation time, like with your spouse, you want to be able to have that connection, that relationship. And then you also want to have time for your kids and oftentimes there's just not enough time in the day to like do all those things unless you're super disciplined about making each one of them a separate priority. And, um, you know, I've definitely been, I'm not perfect that by any means, but working on it intentionally to make it more of a disciplined priority to have intentional time, even if it has to be at the end of the day, you know, I don't like leaving things to the end of the day because sometimes they just never happen. But making it a priority to be intentional with my kids, with my spouse, with my own personal time, um, I think has helped me stave off a little bit of that feeling of guilt. Because I don't think you're ever going to be able to be everything for everyone. And I know that a lot of dads especially like suffer from the Superman feeling, like where your kids look up to you and they think that you are Superman. You could fix everything. You could do everything. You could just, you're the world to them. And um, <clears throat> I think that that causes a lot of, a lot of men and fathers to feel like you have to be that Superman and you can't show weakness. You can't cry. You can't be emotional. You can't, um, you know, let your kids know that sometimes dad fails too. And I, and I do think that being vulnerable with your kids is uh, something that a lot of men are not, comfortable doing and I wish that they would be well I mean for someone who, who said that oh that, that was a tough question you answered that beautifully but we're we're, we're diving deeper we're going to dive sure. deeper into Jim because as someone who you have several you wear several hats and you have several businesses and you have been on many platforms um, speaking of even when you were a child, you were working, you know, starting your own business when you were eight landscaping. Am I correct in that? You are so, correct. I mean, you you have instilled in you workaholic, workaholic. And I, I can high five you on that one because I'm very much a workaholic, as is my husband. So go back to when 
your firstborn and how you as a dad, as someone who is, you know, bringing in income for the family, because of course your, your wife took maternity leave um, for however long she was allowed to or allotted to. I mean, I, I don't know your circumstance, but just in those initial beginnings, how was that feeling as a new dad, but then someone who still had to hold down the fort and bring in the, the you know, the bread, the pea, if you will, to, to, to you know, sorry, I've, I've been watching a lot of Top Boy. So I, I, I'm always referencing my, nef, my, my Netflix shows. But anyways, how did you navigate at the early stages and then also internally be okay within yourself to juggle it all? Um, the short answer is really poorly. Uh, the, the longer answer is it was a really big challenge and I messed it up a lot uh, throughout the course of like the first three to four years. And it wasn't until I kind of had that like slap in the face awakening that I realized like, hey, this is the wrong way to do it. So <clears throat> just to rewind back, my wife is like eight months pregnant. She was still working. And she came home from work one day and like dropped her bags and said to me, I'll never forget this. I don't care if I have to eat peanut butter and jelly every day for the rest of my life. I don't want to go back to work. And I remember seeing her in that spot and thinking back into like Superman mode. All right, Jim, this is on you. You got to figure out a way to like make this happen to your wife's about to have a kid. You have to support your house, your child and your wife, and you can figure it out. It's on you you'll do it <clears throat> like foolish confidence, make it happen. So sure enough, like the next week or so she became ultimately too pregnant to go back to work. So that was the last day she ever worked um, at a job, but we had our son and then I went into head down work mode. And in that moment I thought like, this is awesome. I have a little kid who means the world to me, but in this stage, they're not going to remember much of what goes on in the first couple of years of their life. So let me focus primarily on building a really safe nest egg and being like super businessman to generate as much income and as much cash flow coming in so that by the time he's like four or five, when he's going to remember stuff, again, I say this with quotes because it's a terrible idea looking back. But by the time he's four or five, then I can unwind it a little bit, then start to spend more time because I've already spent those couple of years building everything that I can just rest on then. What had actually happened was I missed out on a ton of really important memories that I'll never have the opportunity to have again. Um, my wife wound up feeling like she was a single mom because I was, I left the house at four in the morning to go to work and I would come home sometimes at like eight, nine o'clock at night. I would barely see my son awake if ever. And, um, you know, there was a couple of years of that where I didn't realize at the time, because to me, it wasn't like I was out partying. I wasn't chasing women. I wasn't doing anything that was like quote unquote wrong. Um, but I was still ultimately leaving my wife to fend for herself. Granted, she was like born to me, born to be a mother. Like that, that's her superpower. So I had confidence in her ability to, to mother, but I wasn't being the opposite side of that and supporting her in the support that she needed to raise 
parse up. So I think that's the longer answer of that. <laughs> does that answer the question? No, it does. But then how did the two of you navigate to move forward together to raise the child? Because, you know, you can you can be head down and headstrong. And, you know, I, and I know my husband will be listening to this. And, you know, it is a battle that we have. And I don't want to say a battle, but but it is a, a conversation that we have a lot about because we're both workaholics and he actually works in a completely different country than I am actually sitting in right now. And so we have, it, it's that constant pull, pull, because as much as you want to be there, you can't because you have to provide, right? Like at, at that given moment, you have to provide. So for Ricky and I, he, in his, in his head and where we are, he's having to provide for us while I'm raising Adia, but he also wants to be a part of it. For the two of you, how did you and your wife go, we need to move forward on the same page so that we are a unit and a priority to each other and also to the child? Um, honesty was a big one. Uh, just being brutally honest with like how you feel in the moment. Um, realizing that it's not something that like even today is not perfect and it's miles better than it was three years ago, but recognizing that it can still continue to improve. I think a large part of it has to do with vulnerability with being open and honest with each other and making each other feel like a priority. And I want to emphasize that fact. It's not just thinking that you are treating the other person like a priority but it's making sure that they feel like they are being treated as a priority. I think a lot of times it's like flipped in my head. It was like, it's not just saying it's feeling in that checking in. And I, I, you hit that right on the nose because not too long ago, Ricky and I sat and had our powwow and it was, how are you feeling and what, how is this making you feel? And we were able to get through some really crappy, muddy moments to get on the other side of it, to be back on the same page. And it is a work in pro like we're constantly a work in progress. And I think that it's okay to say that you are a work in progress and that, you know, the relationship always needs to have a check-in, right? Right. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the biggest mindset shifts for me personally was looking at it as it's not going to be me versus you. It's going to be me and you versus whatever the problem is. Like whatever the situation is, whether it's, you know, the refrigerator broke or it's the car needs to be fixed or there's a problem with the kid we need to figure out to stop feeling like, Hey, I'm looking for a fault. I want someone to blame because finding a person to blame doesn't fix anything. It just makes you feel a little bit better, but it hurts the other person. Stop looking for fault and figuring out, all right, how do we level the playing field and get on this together to figure out my strengths, your strengths, and then working together to solve the problem. And I think that coming at it that way made it a lot easier for us to, to tackle issues side by side rather than me versus you. And then once we figure out who's right and who's wrong, then deal with the problem. Do you find now that, you know, uh, with an eight-year-old and a five-year-old and the, the dynamic of a boy and a girl <laughs> and all of those like added textures and layers that come with it, are, are you finding that you are having more of a powwow with your wife more now than 
probably in those earlier stages because you have to, th- those needs and wants from the kids is way grander than it was when, you know, when, when they're six months old, you know, four months old. I don't know, honestly, because I feel like as they develop more and they're more vocal, they are able to kind of express their opinions. Um, I almost feel like they're a little bit easier at this point because we've instilled a certain set of core values in them that they understand this is how we operate. So they kind of have those guidelines. Obviously from time to time, you need to like correct them back into those guidelines because they're going to test the waters, but you're able to kind of have conversations and, and let them learn lessons at this point where it's not just your child is crying. How do you stop it? Like I think at that point it's a little bit more, ah, what do I do? I don't know how to fix this issue going on because I can't have a communication. Uh, But once you get to this point, for me personally, and I'm sure this is different for everybody, but I find this phase a little bit easier than the beginning part. Okay. Well, then what is it from the earlier stages of childhood with your kids? What is the one thing that's kind of ticking in the back of your head that you really are like, shit, I missed out on that. And I'm, I'm still, it's still chomping, chomping at me. I'll tell you, um, actually I'm going to show you in a second because the answer is, is here. And this is a good visual. I don't know how well this is going to show up on camera, but that's my, my wallpaper on my phone. And I don't know how well you can see that picture, Yeah, but that's my son and my daughter on my son's birthday, singing happy birthday at like nine o'clock at night over a half eaten cake. And that's an experience that I think about every day, which is why it's literally the wallpaper on my phone. Um, To go deeper on that, I missed when they sang happy birthday to him because I was at work. I came home at like 8 o'clock, 8.45, I think it was. And I wanted to sing happy birthday to my son. So I asked my wife, like, let's sing happy birthday. And she pulls out the cake and it's already half gone. And she said, we sang happy birthday to him already after school with his friends. And I'll never forget that experience and realizing that I wasn't there for that. So it might sound silly, but that half eaten cake is the thing. And it, it reminds me every day to be present and to not let little things right? Singing happy birthday over a cake, get missed because you're chasing the wrong priority. I I mean, it, it's, it puts it all into perspective. There's so many things. I mean, my goodness, you know, I hate going back to saying it, but you know, we went through this thing called COVID and so many, it made so many people stop and just take a big look at what is really going on around you and a freaking piece of birthday cake puts it all into perspective and you have that it you know a, a dad come to terms with something like that to say okay what do we do so what was it jim what 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 are now the non-negotiables for you as a dad as a leader of your family that you know 
a provider, a partner to your wife that you want to be the best for her. I mean, my gosh, that's a whole other podcast in itself is how are we our best for our partner? But coming back to the kids, you've got a half eaten birthday cake and you weren't there for it. You can't just sit and, and you are going to have to move forward from the birthday cake. Right. And we are, we've We've had many birthdays since then. What are you doing now that are non-negotiables that you can move forward and live as presently as you possibly can for your kids? Making sure that there are no more half-eaten cakes. And that's become like a a motto of mine, not just for physical birthday cakes, but when your kids want to go play in the pool. In that moment when they're like, Dad, will you come to the pool with us? And you're thinking to yourself, damn, I really got to go do this. I got to go do that. But I'm also, I'm going to go, I'm, whew, sorry. I'm going to go in the pool with my kids because I don't want to look back on that moment in three years from now and realize that's another half-eaten cake. So just reminding myself to be present in the moment and being intentional about spending time with them because I missed the first couple of years of that. So for me to be as present and as intentional as possible about little moments, like it could be, uh, I don't even know, the, the silliest phone, little example of- like the Little things of like, put your phone down, close the computer for 15 minutes. It's not going anywhere. Cause guess what? You can maybe lose 15 more minutes of sleep then. Cause then you right. can be present. I'm actually, I, I mean, mine, I, I haven't, I am very aware of when I am not as present as I should be. And I'm harder on myself recently because I am being that single mom right now because my husband is back in Uganda. And so I don't have my, my wingman, if you will, to like bounce off of and be like, oh, could you maybe do this? Or can you help with that? So I, for me, I, I have to stop and because I get real like a workaholic like you and I'm like, oh, but I have to get this done, this done. I have to start switching off and holding myself accountable because I, for one, don't want to miss out on things. Or also, you know what? It, it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying about, oh, when they're really young and oh, they won't forget kind of like that mindset of, oh, she's not going to remember my daughter, Addie is two and a half. She will remember. Right. And- if, if she, and, and, and I know that she will. So I want to be able to say to her, I was doing this because I was trying to make building blocks for you. Or I wasn't just on Instagram scrolling because that was more important than time with you. I, you know, but it's finding balance and mm-hmm. fi- navigating in this kind of new world as well of working from home. And, you know, so it's easier to continue working because you're working from home or, you know, certain days you're working from home and, you know, the, the office isn't as a crucial part of our lives anymore. So as someone who is in business and, you know, mentors so many and helps brands build and, 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 you know, go forward, you started a business at eight and you have a son that's eight and, is that important for you right now? Because that was instilled in you as a kid. And like, it was okay for you to be kind of like, yeah, I'm going to work and like, you know, go, 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 go. 
do you want your your son to go that direction or you do you want him to be like play in the mud if you will and go to soccer practice and baseball and you know catch the lightning bugs i miss that i miss catching lightning bugs and worrying about the street light, lights when they came on you had to get a bath <laughs> like do you want to take him in the business route and and have him kind of go the route that you did or do you want him to just be a child um I definitely want him to be a child because no matter what, I don't want him to shortcut this experience and feel like there's some pressure on him to be an adult faster than he has to be. Um, with that being said, I also couldn't care less if he starts a business or if he goes to work for someone else or if he, the whatever to me, my priority is making sure that my kids have the self-confidence to be who they are and be okay with that. And it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter anything, insert whatever here, whatever they want to be, whatever their dream is. My son loves sports. If he wants to be a professional athlete, I will support him in that and give him whatever support I can. If he ultimately in five years says, dad, I don't want to do this. I want to go be a lawyer. Also fine. Like I want them to understand that in this house, they have unconditional support to be themselves. And I feel like giving children, whether they're your children or not, self-confidence is one of the greatest gifts that you can possibly give a kid. And are you and your wife, like do you, do you guys kind of tag team on that with the kids in, in, in those teachings and practices? Is there, is there tips and tricks that you, you both implement that you could share with the busy mumsy listener that, that perhaps have, you know, two parents working busy as can be and trying to be as present as possible. Um, I'm going to steal something from my friend, Steve, who is a, a great mentor to me. And he always tells me that people want to feel loved, supported, seen, and heard. And the emphasis there is on, you want them to actually feel it. And again, like we talked about before, not just your, uh, thinking that you're doing that for someone, but to make sure that they actually feel that way and being intentional with that toward our own kids, as well as setting the example for how they should act by showing them how we act. So my wife is a president of the PTA. She coaches their soccer team and their baseball team. I coach their lacrosse team. Like we are as involved in their activities and their lives as possible to set examples of, Hey, here's how you operate as an adult. These, this is how you treat people in your community. This is how you treat your friends. This is how you treat random strangers on the street to give them examples of this is what it looks like to be accepting, to have self-confidence, to support other people and operate from a place of wanting to give that love toward other people, even in times that they may not, outwardly deserve it. Um, just giving them that example, uh, I think is, is one of the strongest things that you can do because they're watching like for anyone who has a kid, you probably have seen them emulate a lot of things you do. And you're like, Holy crap. How did they see me do that? Or how do they pick up on the fact that this is what I do? And they, they copy you because they spend so much time looking at you as their role model. It's not just, like when the little kid stands next to you in the mirror and present pretends to shave with a toothbrush. It's all the things that you do. It's the way that you talk to people. 
it's the music you listen to, it's the words you use. Like all of those things are important. And if you can be intentional about the example you set, like the butterfly effect of that is beyond comprehension to me. No, it's absolutely true. And I instantly think of my daughter and I'll be teaching a personal training client and she'll drop to the floor and like do the leg lift and then turn around and do something else. And then she'll like stand up and like clap and go, ha ha ha. Like I did exactly what you wanted mommy. And they are, they, they are just absolute sponges and you know, we can only navigate and do our best, right? It's, um, you know, a, a busy mumsy motto of at its best and at its best can be paint on the walls and dirt everywhere and the trash not taken out for days. And you may not have brushed your teeth yet and it's four o'clock in the afternoon, but you are trying your best for this child, for the children, because you love, you nurture and you want what is best. But also what is important about at its best is you and how you are being good to yourself so that you can be the best for a child. So what I want to know from from you, Jim, is what, I guess in the the language of, you know, parenting and a child, they they have milestones, right? And for you, you you had this birthday party and this half-eaten cake and you have to move forward and you're a very smart man and you are a loving father and husband. What are the milestones that you're giving to yourself to allow you to give peace that it happened? So what are the milestones for you to move forward so that when your kids graduate from high school, you, you can, you can literally hand on heart finally say, damn, I'm a good father. So, I had this conversation with my brother yesterday about expectations and I personally find it limiting to set an expectation for yourself because if if I were to say my expectation of me in 10 years when my son graduates high school is I'm going to have accomplished X, Y, and Z, he will have accomplished X, Y, and Z. I'm setting myself up for either disappointment and that time, or I'm going to reach that goal and I'm going to be disappointed that I reached it five years early. To me, instead, I look at how can you fulfill your potential without the expectation of my potential is X, but my potential is greater than today. Like I know that where I am today is good. I know that I can improve on these three things. So I'm going to focus this week today on making myself better in this area. Then tomorrow I'm going to reevaluate. A couple of things added onto that. One, I, I, Lord willing, I'll be here in 10 years to see my son graduate from high school, but I don't know if I will. And I don't want to wait to appreciate the father that I am to him until then. So I want to know that if I go out tomorrow, I've given him the best possible advantage the best possible starting point as possible and same for my daughter same for other kids in the community like i want to leave it all on the table today knowing that i might not be here tomorrow and if i am here tomorrow tomorrow's goal is going to be one day further and just focusing on not a set expectation of this is what i'm going to accomplish but i'm just going to continue to improve keep it as simple as that 
doesn't have to be specific, but it has to be continual improvement. And I think that that, to me, is the surest way to set yourself up for continued success. Yeah, and being the most present father that you can be for your kids. And that's all they ask for, right? That's all they ask for is at its best and worst to be there unapologetically um, to give, to nurture, to love. And I, I have to say, Jim, I cannot thank you enough for coming on to the Busy Mumsy uh, podcast to really just give vulnerability to men out there that, you know, don't want to come forward and chat. Parenting is tough, man. It is yeah. tough. And it is, it's tough being a grandma. It's tough being a, a sibling. It's, it's all of those things. But we all are trying to give the building blocks for the next generation. And we only want what's best. And I can't applaud you enough from across the pond for, you know, finding your moments that, hey, nope, that wasn't right. I need to readjust adjust my footing to move forward so I can build the best possible foundation for my family. Received. I, uh, I greatly appreciate that. And um, to be honest with you, it's, it's an honor for me. Like when we were first talking, I said, this is not, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people come on podcasts to pitch, right? They want to pitch their life coach, life coaching service, or they want to pitch their book. This is not, I have no hook in this. This is not even related to what I do for work. Um, this is just, to me, it's an honor to be able to stand up and be an example for other men and women, but in my role here, mostly other fathers to be like, Hey, you can be vulnerable. You can cry in front of your kids. You can be that example and be really supportive of your spouse, right? You can be these things and it's beneficial for everybody. So I just, I thank you for the opportunity to, to come and do that. Thanks so much, Jim. Thank you, thank you. And we will chat soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Busy Mumsy Podcast. If you have enjoyed this week's show, then please, please give it some extra love wherever you download your podcast and give it a five-star rating, a high five, a kickball change, a yes, yes, go Busy Mumsies. And don't forget, you can find out more information about this week's guest, what we discussed, and everything else related to the world of Busy Mumsy by clicking the link in the show notes down below. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.